Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. And welcome once again to Linux in Ham Shack. Linux in Ham Shack, a household name in sheer ham shackiness. Hello, my name is Richard, KB5JBV, and uh, I am glad to be here with you once again. It's a stormy night, this stormy December night in North Texas, and I, I reckon it's even stormier. Up where Russ is, let me introduce you to Russ K5TUX. Have you seen any cats and dogs yet, Russ? No. I thought you broke it again. No, no, no. I was planning on doing something else for my introduction, but then you kind of ruined it with your cats and dogs. Oh, okay. Take two. Uh, Let me go ahead and send it on up to Russ in, in Arkansas. Hello, Russ. Well, now I don't have it in me. Anyway, this is Russ K5TUX. Coming I'm to bad. you, huh? I'm bad. Oh, it's okay. Coming to you from the pre-storm area of North Central Arkansas, between the peaks and the pine forests of North Central, wherever it is I live. This is episode number 97 of Linux in the Ham Shack, coming to you one week late because I was out in California last week and didn't bother to tell anyone. Yes, it was a surprise no-show. Yes. Did you show for the no-show? I, I waited for you for about 30 minutes and then said, screw it and went to bed. <laughs> Excellent. That's how we, that's how we roll. So that's because we have, we have a plan here at Linux in a ham shack. It may look like total chaos. It may be like driving a car with no brakes, but doggone it. We have a plan. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I'm glad you said that because I didn't think we had one, but now that you've told me we do, um, I'm good. It's right. It's in the, it's in the folder right behind in case of severe weather. Well, good. I'm going to have to bring that folder out tonight. Cause it looks like we might get some. There you have it. Okay. So I've got a few things to announce, talk about whatever in our first segment of the evening. Uh, do you have anything you want to add to this list before I roll down it? Well, at the, actually at this time, no, no, I don't. Uh, about the only thing I've been doing Linux in the last few days is I got a question from one of my area's guys about Ubuntu. So, oh, do you we should ha- probably you should probably rock on, my man. Oh, do we have to field a question about Ubuntu? I'm not feeling up to that. Uh, I told him what he needed to do, and then I told him to take the CD and throw it in the trash and go download Linux, man. <laughs> you told him what he needed to do, and then you told him what to do. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let me see. First of all, let me ask you, have you, uh, I'm asking you, Richard, since you're the only one I'm really talking to, uh, have you heard of flatter? Uh, no, no, you have not heard of flatter. Okay. Anyway, if you ever listen to the Linux outlaws, they, um, set up an account with flatter, which is F L a T T R box Lima alpha tango, tango Romeo. It's over at flatter.com. And it's a place that allows you to do micro payments for social content basically it's for podcasters and music creators and book writers and stuff like that who do things in an open source way to accept micropayments in other words you you put in you know uh, a little bit of money into your account and then you go to all the people that you like who have signed up for flatter and you click on their little flatter button and then a little bit of the money that you put into your account every month goes to those artists and podcasters and authors and whatnot that you 
like and appreciate and want to give a little bit of money to. So it sounds like a good thing, and they seem to get a lot of donations that way. So I decided to sign up with Flatter.com. So you can go over there and uh, sign up and look for Linux in the Ham Shack. You should be able to find us. And if you want to send us small donations every now and then using the Flatter method, you can now do that. So now do you have anything to say about it? You caught me with a mouthful of chocolate shake. Oh, sorry. I meant to talk another 30 seconds. The chocolate shakes fairy just came in the door just a minute ago and dropped one on the desk. Oh, see, now you're really going to be happy. Oh, yeah. That's better than group sex. Um, <laughs> actually. The well-oiled machine we run here. Yeah, actually, uh, the micro donation. Okay. I mean, if people are preferring to go that direction, that's all fine and good. I'm not sure if we're set up that way at the Linux and Hamshack PayPal account, but um, I know over at uh, Resonant Frequency, they could uh, send whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted, however they wanted. But maybe this flatter thing, it, I really haven't, uh, have not heard of it before. I'm sitting here looking at the Learn the Magic of Flatter in 103 Seconds screen right now, and we'll probably go watch that in a little bit uh, if I have time. And hey, um, I'm up for anything that's going to help us keep the show going, percolating, um, get us some new kilts, whatever. <laughs> well, see, the one thing about this is it seems to work for the Linux Outlaw guys. It may be something that's a little more European-centric than it is U.S.-centric, but if our listeners actually know about it or care to use it, you know, it's something they can do, and it's a little easier to send your payments because you don't have to specify how much you want. You sort of pre-fund your account, and then you just click the buttons whenever you feel like donating, and the amount is taken care of for you. So it's it basically becomes a no-brainer. And the other thing is it's not PayPal. Some people don't like donating through PayPal, so if you don't like PayPal, here's another way you can send us, you know, a couple of cents or whatever when you feel or like Or just... Drop a drop handful of quarters in an envelope and send it to P.O. Box 1678, Flippin' Arkansas, uh, care of Linux and Hamjack. Uh, there's nowhere near that many post office boxes in the Flippin' Post Office, I can tell you that. Oh, that's because it's a Flippin' Post Office. That's right. If they actually have 100, I'd be surprised. I see. <laughs> All right. community. It only got 12 people in it, and I'm not one of them. Okay, so uh, y'all go over and check out Flatter. Uh, get yourself set up. You can send lots and lots of uh, uh, soda money. We need soda money really bad. Um, we don't have near enough soda around here. Luckily, the uh, Chocolate Shake Fairy come through here a minute ago and dropped one on the desk. But, hey, that doesn't happen a lot. So go on over and check Flatter and uh, remember us kindly when you get there. Yeah, the chocolate shape fairy thing, that's really doesn't happen around here. It's happened exactly zero times that I can remember. That's because your child your chocolate shake fairy is up in Missouri. Yeah. So it is a pretty rare occurrence. And there you have it. Okay, another thing that I've done on the website is I've included a new uh little medallion up at the top that tells you when we're gonna record. And uh we just switched over to Wednesday night recordings and it seems like or I believe we have just decided that after the January second episode, we're gonna go back to Tuesday nights. So short lived change of nights. I'll go ahead and fix that on the website. But you'll also notice that there's a countdown timer in the right hand column, which will get everybody geared up for when the next episode is going to air. It actually counts down from pretty much the moment that the last episode was recorded live to the moment that the next one gets recorded live. So if you're kind of curious about, you know, how long you've got to wait until you hear our mellifluous voices once again, now you just have to check the website and there you go. It'll also keep track of when the next, uh, uh, end of time is supposed to happen. Yeah, but our our next episode is actually supposed to happen after that. Yeah, the next one. It'll be counting down to the next one. Oh, to the y next end of time. Y2K right, right. 2012 and the next one. Right. Yeah, it'll do that. <laughs> okay. Also. I'm trying to keep him talking because I got a mouthful of whipped cream now. <laughs> also, we have, or I have, created a Google community for Linux in the Ham Shack. So if you have a Google Plus account, just go over there, do a search for Linux in the Ham Shack. You should be able to find the community. 
I did invite uh, quite a few people, and many of them have signed up already. There are currently 38 members of the LHS community over there, and hopefully we will get more soon. And this is a good way to leave feedback for the show. We've already got a couple of pieces of feedback in there that will be part of the show this evening. So if you want to chat with us, leave us a question, or just tell us how awesome you think we are, then uh, the Google community is an easy way to do that if you're already using Google. If you're not, well, you can either start using Google Plus or you cannot. doesn't matter to me either way. And see, that's great because he invited all you people and he didn't invite me. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. Apparently my stuff is running really slow. Let me see. Let me see and if I'm you stuck, come up. And I'm stuck on Claudio's page. Invite people to this community. Let me see. Richard Bailey send there it goes there now you're invited to the community but i'm pretty oh, sure look. I, oh look i'm invited to the google community now i can be a part of linux in the ham shack too that's right are you a part of the linux in the ham shack community now right now i am yes all right oh, wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute oh damn i clicked decline you, no you didn't i'm joking <laughs> you know you know how you know how my luck runs that could have really happened yeah it probably could have but don't do that. Okay. Oh, I don't want to turn that off. I want it on. All right. The last thing, the last little bit of news or whatever that I've got is that I want to let people know that it's getting towards the end of the year, which means it's getting towards the beginning of the next one. And that means that sometime in May, Hamvention is going to be rolling around and I'm going to put up our little donation thermometer. So if you could maybe a little bit after Christmas, set aside two or five or $10 that you get for a Christmas present and have it put back so that you can donate to the Linux and ham shack. Let's go to hamvention fund in 2013. That would be great. Just a little preemptive notification that hamvention's upcoming. And of course we will be begging for donations as we always do. Now my computer is freaking out. So I'm curious to see if Richard is still with us. Yes, I'm still here. In fact, I was looking at the Google community. We just can't get off the Google community because I'm, I'm sitting here looking at it, looking at it. And I'm telling you, it's fantastic. Oh, man, we got celebrities and, and all kinds of stuff here. All kinds of celebrities and stuff. We got Bethlehem Iker and uh, Bruce Givens from the Great White North and Claudio Miranda, who just tied the knot with a very lovely lady, very lovely lady. Kyle from over at the uh, It show and Larry Bushy from the other It Who's It show and uh, all these kinds of people. Wait a minute. We were on the next subject, weren't we? No, not really. But, you know, you can join all of these really cool people as a member of the Linux and the Ham Shack Google community. I encourage you to do so. Oh, and also <laughs> sign up for the mailing list. You can find a link to that on the website, lhspodcast.info. Oh, look, and Fab is there. Fab is there. You, it's worth the money because Fab is there. Yeah, Fab is learning uh, his fundamentals to get his uh, amateur radio license. I got to go through a whole lot more over there than we got to go through over here. I'm curious which one he's going to get since he's now living in England. Oh, in England? Uh, no brainer. Well, I think he's. I don't think he's a resident of England yet, so I think he still has to get the German one. You're confusing me. Well, he li he lives in England now. But, I understand that. But he hasn't lived there long enough to become, you know, a citizen. You know what? If, and if he lives over there and he does a show, people are going to accuse him of talking funny. <laughs> Look at this. I got another invite. I got another invite to the Linux and the Ham Shack community. They love me over there. We do. Everybody does. I bet anybody in the chat room will tell you they do. Uh, Y'all wouldn't love me if you was in the room with me right now. Woo-wee. Oh, great. Not like diesel oil. Oh, okay. Well, that's not where I was thinking. So, <laughs> so let's find something else to talk about. You want to talk about something else? What, what else have we got? I don't know. Do oh, you want to ham mansion? We smoothed over that. Didn't we? Yeah. We're already done with that. Let's not beat that one to death. Now, you know what? If anybody is about abusing a dead horse, you know, it's me. Well, it's a good thing. I'm the editor. So let's move on to the, <laughs> let's hope, move on I, to the main hope, segment. I hope, All right. I hope Ra that Rasbian, what the hell is Rasbian? I hope that zipper noise was your harmonica. <laughs> no, it was for the recorder. <laughs> oh, the rec <laughs> well, at least it was for the recorder and not something else. 
Uh, all, all zippy pants are off. I'm <laughs> naked. Um, Manga Norman. Naked and chocolate shake. Did you la, see la, what la, I la, la, la. Did you see what I did on the website for Norman? No. It's under the about us. Oh, wait a minute. Let me go look. Go look. Uh, look at that. Norman's been added to the Linux and the Hamshack staff. Hmm. Let me go ahead and talk about Gnorman a minute. Gnorman is my my uh, head of security here at at Studio One S, and uh, Gnorman he's about I don't know about a, about two feet tall, maybe foot and a half, two feet, two feet tall, counting his hat, and uh, he kind of keeps watches the store when we're not around. Actually, he helped me move stuff to the mini warehouse. Also, if you want to keep up with the adventures of Gnorman, uh, go over to your favorite Richard uh, KB JBV. Uh, page at facebook.com you'll you'll see the epic journey of Gnorman to the mini warehouse but let me introduce Gnorman Gnorman is the newest member of the LHS team fresh from his previous home in the English countryside he has been hired by an, to be an assistant on the technical staff at Studio One S he is Richard's technical advisor and spiritual guru as well as chief Horticultural, that sounded kind of nasty when I was thinking it. Uh, Chief, Hort- <laughs> Chief Horticultural, you're the one who said the word the first time. Chief Horticulturalist and Night Watchman. His hobbies include firearms, drinking, fighting, and flower arranging. Welcome, Gun Orman. Everybody send a, a lovely, lovely email to Gnorman. Uh, I think we asked everybody to do that last time, but I don't know if that part made the show or not because I haven't had a chance to listen to it because I've been busy. Thank you for adding Gnorman to the, the list of staff at the About Us page. Um, y'all go over and check it out. LHSpodcast.info about us. Apparently, the weather service is going nuts tonight. Yes. That was another one. I ain't even going to check. All right, so the main segment, da, 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 main segment, what the hell is Raspbian? Well, this is going to be a short main segment, which is probably good, but Raspbian is a Debian, yes, Raspbian is a Debian distribution for the Raspberry Pi, and the reason I put this in here is because of the second link that I was going to talk about in the main segment of the show. What's neat about it is it's based on the regular, um, I can't remember which version of Debian it's actually based on. I think it is Wheezy. I think it's based on Debian Wheezy. I'm sure I could go to the, to the page and find out. But anyway, it's at raspian.org, which is R-A-S-P-B-I-A-N, Romeo Alpha Sierra Papa, Bravo India Alpha November.org. Basically, what you have to do is you have to download this thing and use DD or an ISO writing tool to copy it onto a flash drive, specifically a pure digital card, because that is the kind of card that a Raspberry Pi understands. The operating system must be pre-installed on a secure digital card and it must be in format that is recognizable and bootable by a Raspberry Pi. If you plug all of your peripherals into a Raspberry Pi and don't put in a secure digital card with an operating system on it, it will just sit there and blink at you and do nothing until you actually put in an OS. So the way this is done is all of the Raspberry Pi based distributions come pre-built to load onto a Raspberry Pi. All you have to do is download them as is and DD the ISOs onto the flash drive. And then you will have a working distribution. You plug that in, power the Raspberry Pi on, and voila, it will come up and run Debian. Now, the reason these are specialized distributions is because A, yes, they have to run off a secure digital card, and B, because the Raspberry Pi is based on an ARM chip as opposed to an Intel chip, so you can't use just any Linux Linux distribution because not all of them run on ARM chips. Armpits. Yes. Armpits. Yes, armpits. They all run on armpit smell. Armpit farts. I can't even do that, so. Yeah, okay. Boy, I show it degrading fast. <laughs> mm. 
So anyway, um, I got my Raspberry Pi up and running with Raspbian. It was actually very easy to do. It didn't come up terribly fast, but the reason for that is one of the things that the Raspbian distribution allows you to do during the initial boot sequence is reconfigure the, sec the secure digital card that you used to give it writable space so that you can actually use it when the distribution is running to actually write data to. Normally, when you just copy the distribution onto it, it writes it onto the first however many blocks on the disk, and then the rest of the, the I'm calling it a disk, the rest of the card is unusable. But the Raspbian distribution lets you reorganize the card so that the whatever space is left over after the initial install can be used as, you know, like a home partition. Now, the other thing about a Raspberry Pi is they have USB slots, two of them, as a matter of fact. So you can plug in like USB storage if you want to add additional storage to your Pi as well, but it's not necessary. I did all of that. And like I said, it was very easy to do. It was fairly time consuming because even though I had a class 10 secure digital card, file system access seemed to be very slow. But basically I even installed the desktop environment, which is, it's one of the lightweight ones, LXDE. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I don't have a Raspberry Pi. I know, but I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the, uh, documentation here because I'm, pr I'm pretty sure it's LXDE, uh, is the desktop environment. You can choose to have it start up at boot time or not. All of that stuff is configurable through the installer. Very simple to do. It uses an NCURSES interface to interface, which is typical of Debian based systems. And the reason I did all of that is because I found this great article by Victor Kilo two, Mike echo Victor at Victor Kilo two, Mike echo Victor.net. And he has an article called echo link on a raspberry Pi. This sounded like a cool project for me to do. And he basically outlines the entire you know, start to finish installation process on his blog for installing SVX link and the associated QTEL client on a Raspberry Pi. So you can actually control your radio with an Echolink node and use QTEL as an Echolink client, if you so desire on your Raspberry Pi. And since it's a very small, easy to hide and very low power computer, it makes it really nice as a system that you can keep up all the time connected to your radio and like a USB sound card. So you can run a 24 hour Echolink node and not take up, you know, another system in your house. And that's exactly what I plan to do with it. I have not gotten quite that far. I've got the OS installed and I've got SVX link installed and I've actually tested QTEL on the system but I have not got it set up to connect to my USB sound card, nor actually uh, set up the PTT to uh, key up the radio. Now, I'll be doing that with an external device, in my case, a Rascal GLX. But what would be really interesting to do is to use the Raspberry Pi's included GPIO pins and actually hand create an interface that would do the uh, keying process for you so you wouldn't actually have to have a Rascal GLX or a signal link or something like that to do the PTT. I'm not going to go that far. I'm willing to bet someone has either already done it or is going to do it very soon. So what do you think of this project? Well, I think other than smearing, smearing Raspberry Pi in your armpit and running Echo Link off of it, um, actually, I'm kind of looking at the page on the blog right now. And if this can be made to run, I think this would be quite fun to play with. Quite fun to play with. Well, I've already enjoyed just the OS installation part of it. And what was interesting, of course, is that the only video output on the Raspberry Pi is an HDMI port. Well, I take uh, that back. There's also an RF video output. But, of course, who the hell's going to use that? So, uh, my... I had to hook it up with an HDI to or HDMI to DVI connector. So it's actually 
the computer that's had like the best digital video output of any of the computers that I own. So that was interesting, even yeah. though it's a 20 or a $30 piece of hardware. Yeah. I think I've got a HDMI plug on the back of my monitor. I don't remember. Right. If you have an HDMI input on your monitor, of course it'll hook straight in. And if you have an HDMI TV, it'll of course work on there too. But if you have a DVI monitor, you can get an adapter cable like at monoprice.com for like three bucks and uh, use that to convert it over. That's what I did. It worked great. And I can't wait to get this thing hooked up to a sound card and a, uh, my rascal and, and put my Echolink node back up. You know, he's got a thing on there also about uh, running Whisper on a, on a Raspberry Pi. No, I haven't seen that, but that's something worth doing too. I could probably do it on the same, well, there's only two USB ports, but I suppose with a hub, I could probably do that. Yeah. I mean, um, that article's October 4th. The one you uh, referred to is October, no. September 22nd, September 22nd. So it'd be the next one after that. Yeah. No, I'll oh. have to check that out. I didn't even see the one on whisper, but that, that'd be a good project too. Since I haven't, yeah, when, whoa, hello. Yeah. You've been like going nuts. Um, yeah. Since I have another raspberry Pi to play with. Yeah. It might be worth going down through this website and seeing what's there. Who is it? VK two MEV. Uh, y'all go over to, uh, VK two MEV.net VK two MEV.net and check some of his stuff out. This, uh, fellow really seems to be on the ball with this raspberry Pi. I'm uh, glad there's a lot of experimenters out there. Cause I just ain't got a time no more. Well, you're going to have to find the time. Let me ask you, if you smear raspberry pie in your armpit, does it get sticky? I haven't done that yet, so I'll report back as soon as but I do. But you were talking about that while ago. No, I was. Oh, never mind. Armpit. 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 <laughs> I said I was going to make armpit farts. I didn't say I was going <laughs> to smear raspberry jelly in my armpits. Yeah, and Ted tells me in the chat room that uh, he knows a couple guys that are running uh, PSK31LX on a raspberry pie also. Cool. You can do PSK on a Raspberry Pi, but I don't see why you couldn't because it all it is is a little computer. That's you right. Know. And if Ted would give us like a link or something to some one of these guys' websites, we could like uh, send people over there to look at that too. Well, that's assuming that they bothered to document anything that they did, which they probably didn't. You know, a lot of these new hams, they like to write everything down. They're proud of everything they do. Everything. Well, Ted says he's not sure and he'll get back with us. All right. Sounds good. Well, that's all I had for the main segment. So I think if you got nothing else, then we need to move into feedback. So y'all get to like, um, uh, working on that PSK and sending Ted some information. Make sure you check out PSK 31 LX, which would probably run on that raspberry Pi really, 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 really well. Y'all go over to VK two MEV dot net and check it out. And don't forget to take a look at Raspbian. Uh, dot org www.raspian.org oh my yes all righty i also heard the other day i also heard the other day and i can't remember what podcast i heard it on but there apparently is a slackware build for raspberry pi so if you're huh slack them yeah so if you want to slack your pie (laughs) this this show is getting absolutely (laughs) rude Uh, that's going to have to be a euphemism for something anyway. So yeah, if you want to slack your pie, you can do that too. Yeah. Slack your pie. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go. I think that'd be more of a female thing. Don't you think? Uh, I don't know. All righty. I probably need to wash my mouth because, uh, the, the chocolate shake fairy is sitting right behind me right now. And she got stuff on her desk. She could really hurt me with. (laughs) All right. So now feedback feedback well i have the audio feedback but i've got to download that one first so why don't you do this one from Corey or cody this is a feedback theme maybe we need to get a feedback theme i scared him yeah we could get that you got mail crap they do on that other show we got mail yeah 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 okay all right well, you, you do whatever, and I'm going to tell everybody about Corey. Corey. All right. Corey. 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 Ski guys, I'm going got, home. Got a zero call. I have no idea where he is. Okay. First up on feedback, we have, uh, I got a um, P3 
piece of feedback through the email from Corey, KD0QEA. And feedback reads, I'm a relatively new listener to LHS podcast. I haven't heard anyone mention any hangout frequencies. What bands frequencies might a fan use to find you guys on the air? Uh, say hi to Gnorman for me. Thanks, Corey, KD0QEI. Okay, Corey, well, um, let's see. Hangout frequencies, there are none. <laughs> well, there would be more. Uh, it would happen more often. Unfortunately, Richard has to work a lot. Russ has to work a lot. We haven't had a whole lot of time to get on the air. Uh, we have talked in the past about, uh, uh see, what is it, D-Star and um, even some HF stuff we were doing, but at the present time, not a lot. However, this is a good opportunity for me to tell the guys out there, uh, everybody listening to the sound of my voice, you know, y'all need to send us an email. Don't send it to me on Facebook. Don't send it to me in the chat room. Don't send it to me. No, send an email. And we will start to compile a list of places where you guys hang out on the air so uh, we can try kind of get the LHS community moved uh, into a new area. Russ was talking earlier this evening about uh, having a community over on Google. We do have a uh, page over at Facebook, and uh, uh, Russ and I both have our own personal pages. Uh, we've been known to show up on other uh, networks, uh, social networks and stuff like that. We might as well have a compiled list of frequencies where you guys hang out generally. Uh, I know one of the first people to jump on the bandwagon will probably be Jerry Taylor from over to Practical Amateur Radio Podcast because uh, he does quite a lot of stuff on the, on the air. Uh, most uh, specifically, Summit's on the air, I believe it's called, that he goes out and does uh, on some of the mountaintops, uh, hilltops and stuff around his uh, home in Colorado. So, uh, yeah, y'all send your information in. You can either send it to uh, what, uh, Richard or Russ or just about anything at uh, lhspodcast.info, and it should get to us, or you can send it uh, specifically to us. My email address, kb5jbv at gmail.com. Russ is some, Russ's is something slightly different, and I, I don't ever look at it because I got it in the, in the address book, so I don't remember what it is. Or you can see, even send it to Ted. Uh, K9WKA at uh, LHSpodcast.com. And in fact, that might even be the best place to send it because Ted is the keeper of all knowledge. He is the infinite repository of all things Linux and Hamshack. So uh, you can send it over to him. Okay, have a talk long enough for us? Yeah, where are you going for a record? No, I was just trying to make sure you had plenty of time. Oh, okay. I have plenty of time. Okay, so what do you think about that feedback, Russ? Well, I was going to say that once I get my Echolink node back up, that I would be able to be on there more often. And you probably could be too, if we could ever convince you to actually use Echolink. But I do, I did actually purchase a five digit Echolink node number. And that Echolink node number is 54711. That's LHS11 if you're using a telephone keypad. So as soon as I get my Raspberry Pi going and get my Echolink node back on the air, then that can be one place that we hang out or use for hangout or can be contacted via amateur radio. Uh, and of course we'll work on some others. That's right. And when and if Richard ever gets to uh, come up for air, I ran across a couple of radios when I was moving stuff to many warehouse the other day. And I guarantee at least one of them could probably, uh, end up, Yes, yeah, what I said. Anyway, um, now where was I? Cheryl broke my train of thought. Oh, uh, yeah, there's lots of stuff I could do if I had the time to do it. I haven't had the time, but uh, with any luck here, well, that web, I'm, fast as I'm going through that website, it won't take me terribly long to get all the courses done. So uh, then we'll have some time to possibly pursue some radio. However, Y'all make sure, what do you think about compiling a list of places where the listeners hang out? Oh, I think that'd be great. I'd love to know where people hang out so I could jump in and talk to folks every once in a while. Did I say Ted? I got Ted on the brain. Cheryl says that uh, I, I called Bill Ted and Ted Bill. Oh, it doesn't matter. Let's move on. Okay. All hail Gnorman. So what have you got? 
What have I got? I've got some audio feedback. You want to hear it? Yeah. All right. Let's do the audio feedback. It's coming soon. Here it is. Hello, Richard and Russ. This is Doug. Uh, Hi, Doug. LMX. Uh, I tried to leave you a voice feedback a while back on uh, the Raspberry Pi, except at that point uh, I was in my car, and I have to say that the voicemail, beginning of the voicemail part confused me for a bit. Can't help that. Anyway, um, Russ, I was really curious, actually, with the Raspberry Pi. I have one myself that I'm doing some different things with. But uh, it'd be interesting for me, at least, to see which of the regular ham radio applications you can actually use on the Raspberry Pi. I realize it would not be um, really all that useful, uh, say, out in the field or something like that, because you still would have to take a monitor with you in addition to the other equipment that goes with it. But um, on the different versions of uh, Linux that are available for the Raspberry Pi, Raspbian is the one I use, um, which is, let's see, it's based on, um, oh, I can't remember which distro, distro it's based on right off the top of my head. But um, with such a limited, so to speak, operating system on there, it would be very interesting to see what can or cannot be done as far as using FLDigi and some of the other regular um, ham radio projects with that. Um, one of the things I'm actually going to be working on with one of the SD cards I've got is try to do a media center with that. Um, and I've, I've found a, a, an article on that that I'm actually pursuing and see what I can do. Anyway, there you go. There's some feedback on the Raspberry Pi. Have a good day. Okay. Well, thank you. That was uh, was the N6 LMX. Is that right, Richard? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't remember. I think it was, it was it was Doug. Yeah, Doug. I think it was N6 LMX. I'm sure Bill will tell us here in a minute. Anyway, Doug, um, there's a couple things I wanted to address there, and then I'll let you go ahead and roll with it. One, we uh, already talked about RasbMC and or I'm sorry, Raspbian, which is of course based on Debian. As the, the new rap group, C. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, that's based on Debian. And I'm pretty sure that um, any application, any ham radio application that will run on any Linux system would run on a, a Raspberry Pi, including FLDigi, uh, like Ted has already said, PSK31LX, Whisper, so on and so forth. And I'm going to try and run any and all of those applications. So, uh, I will confirm or deny them as the, as I try them out on later episodes. Now there's a couple other things. One was, he was talking about having to have a video display to, uh, use your raspberry Pi remotely for whatever. Well, if you're using an end curses based environment, something that doesn't support X, you can do that on a raspberry Pi without a monitor. You can run it headless and then just SSH into your raspberry Pi and uh, use it on like a, a mobile device, like an iPad or phone or a Nexus tablet or something like that, uh, that supports like SSH. So you wouldn't actually have to carry a monitor around. Um, and then the last thing about running a media server, that's something that's come up a lot in regards to the Raspberry Pi and with its HDMI output and its full 1080p support and all of that stuff built in is one of the features that has been touted, but since the Raspberry Pi has actually come out, I've heard very mixed results about using it as a media center PC. So your mileage may vary. And one thing I slipped up and mentioned a little bit earlier was RASP BMC, R-A-S-P-B-M-C, which is, um, yo, yo, yo. <laughs> which is a, uh, I'm not sure if it's a distribution or just an applications package, but it's based on the XBMC media center. And it's supposed to work, you know, pretty decent on Raspberry Pi. So you might want to give that a shot and see how it goes. N6LMX. I'm not sure if that's what I said, but if I didn't, that's what I meant. So what do you think? I try not to think because it makes my head hurt. Okay, then what do you want to spout off without thinking about Doug's voicemail? Oh, I can always do this show without thinking. I can do the show without thinking with my eyes wide shut. Or shut wide open, something. Anyway, Doug, 
Oh, and by the way, Doug, thanks so much for sending us a voicemail. I always love when we get voice feedback. I wish more people would do it. Yeah, Doug, thank you for sending in your uh, your feedback. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of a-, a lot of applications we're going to find for these Raspberry Pis as we move forward. Uh, as uh, Russ was saying, uh, Ted, uh, let me see, make sure I get the call sign right because I got chastised a while ago. W a zero e i r Ted has a uh, has several uh, very useful pieces of software that uh, would probably run rather well uh, over on the Raspberry Pi. Uh, we uh, have, ta- have talked about some stuff so far that uh, I'm interested to see how it comes along on the Raspberry Pi. And one of the things that hadn't been mentioned by anybody writing into us yet is uh, applications in APRS. Now, there are people that are still out there uh, running that archaic mode. However, um, I can see where this thing, since it doesn't really have to have all the uh, external equipment hooked up to it just to run, uh, might actually be beneficial in that particular area. Well, have you heard anything on that, Russ? Anything about uh, APRS on a Raspberry Pi? No, but I'm sure it would be an easy thing to set up, especially since it uses a micro um usb connector and five volt dc input so any of those power chargers that power cell phones and stuff you could easily plug it into that in your car or whatever for mobile operation and uh use it for uh aprs connected to a gps enabled radio or just a gps unit so should be uh easy to set up something like that so there you go sky's the limit on the raspberry pi uh y'all are starting to make me jealous uh, if I if I wasn't having to lay out a bunch of cash in other directions, I'd probably be on top of it right now. See, y'all gonna get Richard back into the radio on a regular basis somehow. So, we're, what else have we got, Russ? We're trying to get you back into it. Let's see what else we got here. We got this message from Dave. I'll go ahead and read that one. Okay. This is from Dave over in the West Midlands in the UK. Mike Zero Delta Charlie Mike. And he says, hey, Rich and Russ, Rich, (laughs) it's been a funny old year in and out of the hospital almost as many times as I care to remember, but I'm alive and back to my old self. I've just been catching up with some of the podcasts that I've missed, and I know you mentioned in episode 95 and 96 about using 75 ohm coax as feed line to the antenna, and I use 75 ohm coax for both my HF dipole and vertical. The dipole has a one-to-one balen in the center, and it just works, even though the MFJ902 tuner, even going through the MFJ902 tuner, and the old 27 megahertz vertical amazingly works without tuning on both 21 and 24 megahertz, so it does work. So you want to explain how a one-to-one balen and 75 ohm feed or feed line works on two bands that the antenna was not designed for? Well, <laughs> the funny old thing, RF. Uh, yeah, uh, that one, The that one's kind of got, I'm sure that uh, uh, there's some piece of software out there, somebody that's into antenna design and that kind of stuff that could probably explain that. You know, the only similar phenomena I've ever run across is that a 40-meter uh, dipole is resonant on 15 meters. Go figure that one out. Um, so I, I really, other than the fact that once you turn a piece of coax into an antenna element, it's just a piece of wire. So uh, from the ballon out to the tip of the antenna, it's just a great big piece of copper. So it, I really can't see how it'd make a whole lot of difference. And that didn't answer nothing, did it? No, but it's better than any answer that I could come up with. So let me just go ahead here. See, Richard's so full of badger. He he can just spout stuff out, and it sounds like he's smart. <laughs> Anyhow, my Linux escapades have moved on, especially since being given two Zotac ZBox 8001 Mini PCs. One is now used for my HTPC, and the other is my Shack slash Everyday PC. And they're both running Ubuntu 12.04 LTS, as it's the distro I prefer to use. My dad now has the, my old Sony Vio VGC V2M running Ubuntu 10.04 LTS, and he's hooked on FL Digi running through his Yezu FT857D. 
And of course, he's liking Linux. So that's another one to my portfolio of converts. I run FLDigi CQR log and <coughs> JT65HF through Wine. As WSJT just doesn't work under 12.04 yet, and after a short search on Google, have now linked my USB to serial to Wine, so JT65HF and MMSSTV can TX the radio when needed. Something else I'll be helping out with next year is upgrading the local packet radio network with PSK Mail and testing out some DTN stuff. One item I'm hoping to try is Codec 2, through the use of GNU Radio through my FT817ND, as I'm interested in digital voice, but not the overpriced rubbish that ICOM released called D-Star. So there you have it, what I've been up to and will be doing over the next 12 months. Keep up the great work. Dave, Mike Zero, Delta Charlie Mike, Dudley, West Midlands, United Kingdom. What the hell language was that? <laughs> well, there were a lot of acronyms in there. I will give him that. I, he, either got, he either got that line of stuff from the good doctor or Ford Prefect. I'm not sure which. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think we should probably just leave it alone because there was a lot of stuff in there that was just a bunch of letters and numbers squashed together. Well, actually... Uh, uh, I'm glad I'm, let's see, I'm glad he's got a convert. Uh, I'm, I'm unsure what those particular pieces of equipment he was talking about that he's running Linux on were, but if he's running them and it's working, jalapeno, uh, let's see what else. Hmm. Overpriced rubbish. Well, maybe, maybe not. We're finding it useful here. Okay. So what else? I don't know that I have a whole lot to add to that. He's doing a lot of different stuff. Yeah. Um, it's kind of hard to keep up with the, the guys that are really gung ho. I used to be that way. And it was really hard for people to keep up what, to what I, with what I was doing from week to week. So, uh, I mean, well, here's, hey. here's what we can pick up from his email. A, he and his dad are both Linux heads. They both use Ubuntu. B, they're yeah. They're a Yezu shop because apparently every radio who he owns is a Yezu. And he, I can see sour grapes because Yezu doesn't do D star. Right. And that's why he complained about ICOM. Uh, right. he apparently likes digital modes, including PSK 31 and JT 65. He also likes digital modes like slow scan TV. He's setting up packet and he uses windows where necessary. So that's pretty much Dave in a nutshell. Well, there you go. And you shouldn't be calling the listeners nuts. Okay. <laughs> you shouldn't be doing that. Uh, you shouldn't be talking about their shells either. However, uh, <clears throat> digital, very cool. Always cool. I find that, in fact, when I moved over to Linux, uh, I actually had more fun and, uh, was able to do more stuff with my digital than when I was over on windows and had to deal with all the crap over there. So Keep up the good work, my man. Uh, keep that light burning over there in the UK. Maybe you can teach uh, Martin and Colin a few things. You never know. All right. Well, I'm going to go through two things really quick, and then we'll get Great. back to the feedback here. First was thank you to everybody who was a ham radio listener or just a plain old listener of Linux in the Ham Shack who sent me a birthday wish for my birthday a week or so ago. Uh, well, actually, it's more than a week or so ago now. It's actually two weeks ago. But anyway, thank you for it's everybody. Because he's old. That's right. I'm getting old. Thank you to everybody who said happy birthday. I really appreciate it. I'm only 43, so I'm still in the prime of my life. The other thing was uh, Gorkon, uh, a.k.a. Joel, or maybe that's the other way around. Anyway, uh, he notified me that there may have been something wrong with the AUG format release of uh, episode 96. I haven't had a chance to investigate that yet, but I will, and I'll fix it if there's anything to fix. That's why they shouldn't be listening in AUG. Oh, AUG is just fine. We'll talk some more. Hang on. Okay. I was going to actually, the, the last bits of feedback I've got are from the Google community that we have over at Google, of course. Uh, that's where I got the information from Joel that there may be a problem with the AUG format of the last episode. Uh, he also said something about, uh, oh, he talked about, uh, fabs saying that he was going to get his, uh, amateur radio license. I'm not sure it's clear from this, whether he's going to get a British license or a German license, but either way, you know, we hope that fab 
you know, gets his license quickly and then we'll be able to get him back on the show. Or maybe he's going to get German mittens, German license, German. Did I say German? No, I did. Didn't you hear me? Oh no. Is it, is it bothering you? No, nothing's bothering me right now. Aha, into the crown. Okay, got it. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, speaking of that, uh, uh, Bill reminded me a while ago that uh, there is a place where they're actually experimenting with APRS on the Raspberry Pi. Uh, HTTP Hackaday 2012 10 stroke 10 stroke 19 stroke APRS iGate built using a Raspberry Pi. Now, if that was too too hard to follow, at this point, it'll be in show notes. Yeah, that was pretty much a quasi URL anyway. You didn't, you missed out all the dashes. So just go to the show notes. It'll be in there. Quasmo. Yeah, just like all the other pertinent information that we actually give out. And even some that actually make sense. Yep. We even got to thank you for the, for the invitation to the, the Linux in the Hamshack Google community from Art Vanderhoff, who uh, is a sometimes host over at uh, Midcast. They're just like a revolving door over that place, ain't they? No, it wasn't the Mincast, was it? Or was it? It's just like any old body can come on over and co-host at the Mincast. Yeah. What, what's going on with that? Where Where is Harrison? I want to abuse him. Where is he? Everybody where, except us, I guess. Where's Mincast Rob? What, boy, I will. I, I'll sick Larry Bushy on all of you. <laughs> and Harlan. I'll I get Harlan worked up. We got yeah. one last bit of feedback that I know of here from Mike and, and you know, Peter Nicolaitis. Yeah. And Peter. Yeah. And I don't, and he's from Sugarland, Texas. Do you know this guy? Who? Mike Wren. Do you know where Sugarland is? I don't know, but it sounds sweet. Sugarland is like a suburb of Houston. Oh, so he's down there. Okay. And the, re- and the reason they cut is Sugarland is because there's a penitentiary down there and they used to make the convicts cut sugar cane. Ah. Actually, and they closed the Imperial uh, beer cane sugar plant down there probably about 10 years ago because I was down there doing a job while they were knocking the thing down right across from the penitentiary. I see. And there you have everything you ever wanted to know, or even some stuff you didn't really care about, about Sugarland, Texas. So go on ahead. Okay, well, Michael, I can't find his call sign, but he's clearly a ham radio operator, says, My friends, I use N3FJP's software for my contest logging. I have been very happy with Scott's programs, as they seem to run really well on my Linux computer. Recently, I tried to get the AC log program to run. However, it crashes just after the splash screen with a runtime error of 380. Scott has indicated that others have been able to get this program to run in Linux, I'm wondering if there are any other Linux operators who have experience with this program. Thanks in advance for any suggestions. Well, I have to say that I do not have any experience with this program, and I have not attempted to get AC Log to run, uh, presumably under Wine. I guess we're putting this out there to our listener base at large to see if anybody has a response to Michael's question. And if you happen to, you can either leave it as feedback to us, or you can go to the Google community over at Google Plus and respond to Mike's query uh, in the community posting area. Uh, I'm sure he would appreciate a response, and uh, you know I might be able to give him one here if I actually try this thing out. So I assume you don't have an answer either. Well, I'm looking at it right now. AC log. Yeah, I'm looking at it too. The amateur contact log. By N3FJP. That's right. Amateur it contact log, AC log. Looks kind of Windowsy. Yeah. I imagine it will have to run under wine. Holy crap. I can see why he wants to get it to work. You have to pay for the crap. Oh, no. You don't have yeah, to do it's that. like 20 something dollars. Well, I mean, if you like the software and it does what you want, then, you know, hard, hard yeah. to fault him for that. I'm sorry. I've been on Linux so long. I, I, I was averse to paying for anything in the first place and Linux just made it worse. It's weird though. Cause it says, it says it's compatible with windows 95. And honestly, if it runs on windows 95, it, uh, it ought to run under wine. It should run under wine. My, the first thing I would suggest is, uh, reinstalling wine. Yeah. You can also set it to, uh, like windows 98 compatibility mode. There's a way to do that with wine. 
And if it's truly like a 16 bit app, you may have to do that. I don't know. Maybe. Well, I'm thing about it is, is in my experience, being the guy who, if something will screw up, can screw up, it will screw up. Um, sometimes wine don't work the way you, it's, it's supposed to. The way it's spent so, it. Huh? The way you spent it too. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the way I was talking about. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, I tell you that one of the test results over at wine HQ was run on SUSE 11.4 in 2011. Installs, runs, rating silver by KB3CS, Chris. So, uh, ooh, got a good blast of thunder there. Apparently, yeah, it was rattling over here earlier. Uh, apparently, at least in the case of SUSE, open SUSE 11, someone was able to get it to run under wine. So, I think the first step in diagnosing this problem is probably go back and make sure that you have a good installation of wine. Most recent installation, that would have been version 3.0 of uh, AC log. And uh, check that out. If that if you're having, still having problems then, might be the time to start digging. Like Russ said, there's a, did you say there's a, a group or community or something like that over on Google for it? <laughs> yeah ours that's where he posted the feedback that i mean i was saying you know answer him over on our google community oh okay where he posted the feedback either that or send us an email and we'll you know get him the info yeah that'll work too i mean wine is still in its formative stages it's taken a long time to form you know dinosaurs formed faster than wine is forming up but it's coming along coming along all right. I well, can, you know I, what? I can actually play some of my badger under wine. <laughs> cool. We need to wrap this thing up. Yes. Cause I have to get up at five 30 in the morning. Yeah. And I have to make sure my house doesn't blow away. So let's go ahead and do that. You know, when you, when you build your house, uh, you know, Jeeva said, when you build your house on center blocks, now nah, I ain't even going to go there. <laughs> I can't even stay in the, in the unedited, in the, in, yeah, crap. Just focused enough to get us through the outro. How about that? <clears throat> All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Is everybody ready? I hear the music playing. Oh my God. All right, folks. Well, that wraps up another exciting episode of Linux and the Ham Shack. If, if for those of you who would like to get in contact with me, you can send your emails, comments, suggestions to kb5jbv at gmail.com, kb5jbv at gmail.com, or send me a message over on Facebook. That's the place where I'm seeing them most often nowadays. Uh, that is uh, facebook.com stroke kb5jbv. Make sure you send all hate mail to K9WKA at LHSpodcast.info and I'll throw it over to Russ so he can give you the rest of the story. All right, folks, this has been episode number 97 of Linux in the Ham Shack. Thanks all for tuning in. You can contact me at info at LHSpodcast.info. That's going to go over to Richard as well as me. I'm on all the social networks, including Facebook, Google Plus, Identica, all those. I'm J.R. Woodman, also K5TUX73s.org. Send us an email, leave us a comment over at the website, lhspodcast.info. Sign up for the mailing list, flatter us, send us a donation, call and leave us feedback at 1 909 547 7469. We will be back on the 2nd of January, our last Wednesday recording for episode number 98. So we hope to see you all then. For anything else, check out lhspodcast.info. And uh, I guess I'm going to finish up. This is Russ from Between the Peaks in the Pine Forest of North Central Arkansas saying, I hope my house doesn't get blown away. I'll send it and back to Oh, go ahead. Just finish up. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no, you're fine. And from the bottom of the barrel, here next to the lake or the river in Fall Springs, or Forney, Texas, wherever the hell I am tonight, <laughs> um, this is KB5JBV, and we'll see you next time.
would like to say a special thanks to the Chocolate Shake Fairy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't think we're in Kansas anymore, Toto. Oh, my.